We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome, 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 everyone. It is Camo X is at your service. Greg Damon sitting in with you tonight here on a beautiful Thursday evening. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, well, let's kick out the rain. That's what I want to do. Hey, thanks to Matt Pajeski, our producer, kicking off some Van Halen right away. So we're going to set the tone right away. We're going to have some fun here tonight. So we're going to talk a little. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the big game coming up this week. Also, uh, you know what's right around the corner after the big game. That's right, Valentine's Day. Fellas, you guys all ready for Valentine's Day? I certainly am not. If you got any ideas, throw them my way. I can use that. We got some uh, listeners' uh, questions, too, that email me. We're going to uh, get into a whole bunch of stuff tonight. Uh, but we've got all sorts of stuff that we're going uh, to have some fun with as well. And... Uh, Sorry about that. I had to get the phone screener here. So uh, we're going to talk a little Super Bowl action. And we're going to be joined by Andy McCullum. He was offensive lineman for the Super Bowl winning Rams. Stayed a lot of time here in St. Louis with the Rams. Started off in New Orleans and then came up and ended his career with the Detroit Lions. Andy, thanks for joining us on the program tonight. How you doing, Greg? Great to be here. I'm doing fantastic. Now, I'll tell you a little, folks playing the home game in the KMOX at your service. A little, uh, Andy and I actually coached against each other because uh, he coaches his son's youth football team, and I coach my son's youth football team. So we've coached against each other a couple times, and, of course, he always got the better of me because, you know, he is a professional. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I think you guys might have came out on top a couple times there. <laughs> Well, Andy, I have to tell you, and again, thanks for joining us here on the, on the program. Uh, 15 years as an offensive lineman playing guard and center. I mean, you know, uh, for me, I coach O-line just like you, and and uh, that, that to me is kind of like the unsung heroes, the, uh, the offensive linemen. They never get their names announced. They just go out and put their hard hat on, bring their lunchbox, and do their job and make everybody else look pretty. Yeah, that's usually the way it is. That's usually the way we like it. Um most O linemen are not the ones who you know want to be in the limelight, so we uh, we just want to help the other guys get there. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of amazing. I always uh, I always say, hey, look, your job is to keep the uh, quarterback upright, make holes, and uh, as long as nobody knows you, you did your job correctly. 
Yeah, and you know, coaching the youth guys, sometimes that's hard to find. Those young guys <laughs> watch TV, and they all want to be uh, they all want to be Patrick Mahomes. So, right, uh, it's hard to find the guys who who want to play O line. But uh, as they grow, you know, once they get into high school and whatnot, they kind of um, show for themselves where they need to be based on their body type and uh, what they like to do. So. That's always a challenge at the youth level, though. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, it seems to me also, uh, I'll just, uh, now, also Andy coaches at Eureka High School, offensive line coach at Eureka. Uh, you know, it seems like it's tougher and tougher to find uh, to find linemen, period, anymore. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we've been, you bring up Eureka. We've been blessed the last couple of years. We've had some excellent um, group as a group of linemen um last year we and we had a great uh well we had a great running back and we had a great o-line up front and i'm going to give a shout out to those guys because i told them i would but um they they did a great job um for us last year we had a couple guys going on to play in college as well so uh so it's always fun to, to see guys kids succeed in that regard no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, let's talk uh, talk a little about uh, your time here in St. Louis with the Rams. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, uh, winning the Super Bowl in 1999, but talk about some of the amazing talent that uh, was on that team with you. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I don't know. I think someone told me there's uh, four or five different Hall of Famers off of that team now, um, and it looked like um, uh, Torrey might get in as well, too, so... Uh, it was a good group. It was, I was just blessed to be a part of it. I I signed with the Rams that very year in 1999. In uh, I think it was in April, so I was a free agent. Like you said, I played at uh, New Orleans before that, and uh, we had visited up here um, and uh, signed with the Rams. But before that, uh, you know, the Rams weren't playing them on it, and we played them twice a year down there with the Saints. So I knew a lot about them, and. Um, you know, they weren't a powerhouse team, but, uh, you know, Coach Vermeil had been here a couple of years and he started to turn things around and it just, it just made it all happen in that uh, 99 season. Yeah. And, and uh, let's just, you know, because I love the offensive linemen, talk a little about the offensive linemen, but, you know, playing with Orlando Pace and uh, Adam Timmerman, I mean, talk about two guys that could really hold their own. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we had a, we had a great group. It was, a, it was fun. Those two guys. Uh, led the show. We were, I was talking to somebody the other day, and um, you know, Orlando was one of those rare, uh, rare talents that um, you know the rest of us had to practice, and uh, the rest <laughs> of us had to you know make sure we made it to training camp on time to make sure we're ready to play. But uh, Orlando could show up, you know, wake up in the morning and just uh, you know dominate somebody. Just he, he was just that rare skill with speed and strength. And, uh, um, he definitely deserves all the, the Hall of Fame and accolades that he's gotten. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, so, Andy, you know, you were part of an offensive line that uh, you guys blocked and you centered some uh, for three NFL MVPs. I mean, and, you know, went to the two Super Bowls with the Rams. I mean, that is just unbelievable to keep most of that group together that whole time. Yeah, yeah, that was great, great memories from that team. You know, looking back, we wish we could have uh, kept it together longer, but, uh, you know, it's a business and guys go and things change and uh you know if we would have stayed longer we would have loved to, to think or we'd like to think that we'd go back and uh, get a couple more of those uh lombardi trophies but uh, that wasn't to be but i can't complain because it was uh, a blessing just to be able to uh to be on the field with those guys and the, the the greatest thing about that team i think um you speak of all the talent we had and you know you could name names but uh 
I think the best thing that made us great was just everybody was uh, a team guy. There was there, everyone was unselfish. It was unselfish players playing for the what's best of the team instead of what's best for themselves, and uh, that goes a long way on any team. So no, you're absolutely correct with that. Uh, what was it like with uh, Kurt Warner? I mean, obviously Hall of Famer, and just uh, just seems like just a good guy all around. There's you, like there's nothing bad you can say about a guy like that. Yeah, no doubt, and I'm sure uh, most most of your listeners have probably seen the movie, which was um, pretty enjoyable to see. I mean, it focused more on um, you know his relationship with his wife, which was uh, just a great story. But um, you know, having Kurt there, um, it was it was it was. I mean, we were surprised how well he did, but we knew he could play football, and we always think back to the time where where uh, Coach Vermeil sat down and said, uh, you know, we will rally around. Kurt Warner and we'll play good football and um you know we still use that line when we when we talk to uh our team at Jerica just when someone gets hurt we 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 say that all the time because uh you know the next guy steps up and nobody did it better than Kurt did um he just made himself he worked his tail off and, and made himself into a Hall of Fame player so let's uh, let's talk a little bit. We're going to take a break here in just a second. Just a couple more accolades from you. I was uh, you know going through your stats and stuff. Two thousand six, Walter Payton, uh, runner up, man of the year. What what a great uh, what a great class to be or a great award to be considered for. No doubt about that. Yeah, no kidding. I was, I was surprised by that. That's um, that does mean a lot to you because those are voted on um, by your teammates and um, you know the people that you you play with, not just not just fans who, you know, don't really know you personally. So um, that, that does, uh, that was a, a meaningful, uh, a meaningful award for me anyway. Well, just like an offensive lineman, you do all sorts of stuff behind the scenes. And I'm just going to uh, throw a couple out here before we take a break. Uh, obviously runner up for the uh, Walter Payton man of the year served as the Rams bowl of Ram event, the benefit epilepsy. Uh, you've also worked with the down syndrome association, hosting football clinics and the honorary chair for the annual golf tournament. Um, you know, the linemen in motion community efforts that you've done where, where you and some of the other members of the O-line would uh, serve Thanksgiving to uh, serve a Thanksgiving meal to those in need. You guys always, uh, seems like you guys were always at Cardinal Glennon uh, Hospital and uh, working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes as well. Uh, obviously, we talked about Eureka High School and uh, coaching youth football too. And, and that's what it really goes into to be a consummate professional when you're able to do stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm just um, thankful that I was able to do some of those things. And the the great thing about it, uh, the Rams did a great job. At least when they were here in St. Louis, and I know most of the NFL teams do as well with that community service stuff and uh, organizing different opportunities for the players to uh, to help out the community. Um, we tried to make it, uh, you know, almost a, like a team bonding type thing because a lot of a lot of us linemen would do those things together, and it uh, you know it just helped. You know, having fun with with your teammates and helped us bond, and and that's always important for for offensive line. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It seems like a great bonding event to uh, to get all the guys together, and yeah. you guys are all on the same page. No doubt. So I had a, a, a one of a, one of our uh, friends here, Brad. Uh, he uh, texted me when I told him I had, was going to have you on tonight, and he actually wanted to uh, ask a question. So I wrote it down for him. He wanted to know uh, how the nickname the Donut Brothers. Uh, for the old lineman, how that all came together. <laughs> well, that brings back some some uh, great memories as well. Well, 
back then we weren't as worried as, about his nutrition back then. So <laughs> I think uh, I think the uh, Rams had might have had a, a maybe a marketing contract with with Krispy Kreme, but Krispy Kreme it would bring donuts to the facility like two or three times a week, and I mean a lot of donuts. And um, so we'd have donuts in the locker room and sitting in our meeting rooms. And um, you know um, I think me and Adam got those that nickname because we brought some to training camp one year and you know i think we might have held the record for the most eaten at, at one time I, I did enjoy one of my one of my favorite memories of of training camp was i think i think adam put down almost a full box before maybe eight or ten of those donuts bef- right before <laughs> practice and uh, <laughs> and it was one of the most enjoyable practices because he wasn't feeling so well but we were enjoying watching him uh, fight through it. So. Oh, that's that's hilarious. You know, one thing I did for uh, for my youth team, we used to uh, hold a pancake uh, breakfast for the O line. We'd go to uh, go to one of the local pancake houses oh, yeah. and uh, you know feed them uh, feed them a bunch of pancakes. It was and we did it on the day of weigh in because what difference does it make? It's not like they're going to run the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> right. That motivates them to get those pancakes on the field, right? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Andy, I got to take yeah. a quick break. Can you hang with me a few more minutes? Sure. All right, fantastic. Folks, on the phone, we are visiting with Andy McCollum. He was offensive lineman for our Super Bowl-winning St. Louis Rams, a 15-year veteran. Stick around. we got more to come. KMOX is at your service. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, my friends. KMOX is at your service on a Thursday night right here in the heart of Mid-America. 821 is uh, your time. And we are uh, talking a little bit about the big game coming up on Sunday. Kind enough to join us here on the phone, Andy McCollum, 15-year uh, year NFL veteran, offensive lineman, was the uh, offensive guard for the uh, St. Louis Rams when they won the Super Bowl here in 1999, played in two Super Bowls as well with the Rams. And, Andy, thanks again for uh, hanging out with us here on a Thursday night. You bet. So uh, a couple things that uh, I want to talk about. So when you guys got ready to go to the Super Bowl, obviously your first year here, what was kind of your preparation like? Uh, I guess, you know, obviously you have your certain preparation for the week. You go to the Super Bowl. Now all of a sudden you got all sorts of media and all sorts of other stuff there, a bunch of distractions. How does that differ? Yeah, it's a lot more uh, attention. Um Especially now, I think they got two. Well, they do. They got two weeks, you know, between the championship game and the and the Super Bowl. 
I think the the second Super Bowl we had two weeks. The first one we only had one, I think. Um, but yeah, the big difference is just the media attention. Uh, there's you know tons of media there all the time. I know the coaches and uh, try to keep the same schedule, right? Coaches and players are are um, superstitious in some ways. You know, they want to keep the same exact schedule. You know, the same thing that's got them there. You know, uh, practice wise and meeting wise and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but you still got to fit in all that uh, all that media stuff and that 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 can be a distraction. But um, you know, these guys are pros, so they they've learned how to deal with it. They they spend a lot of time just learning how to deal with those kind of things. Now, I know most of the players' families come. I'm, uh, are they there with you the entire week before, or, or do, do they just come up closer to the game? How, do, how does that all work? Uh, I think it, it depends on the team. It depends on the, the situation. Um, we, didn't, we weren't um, you know, in the game location all week. We came in later in the week, you know, just a couple days before the game. Um, so I'm not sure how the teams are doing it this year. Um, that's another um, distraction, so to speak. A lot of, obviously, a lot of people asking for tickets. You know, it's the big game. And oh, sure, I didn't think of that. Every, every yeah, yeah. So you know, people come out of the woodwork asking for tickets and whatnot. But uh, every player's you know allowed so many. But um, those rules might have changed since I've been there. It's been a while. I guess uh, you just really kind of want to turn off your phone and focus on uh, focus on the job. Yeah. Sometimes, you, yeah, you got to have a balance there. You want to uh, make sure everybody's uh, taken care of, and uh, you don't forget anybody. But you still you you do have a job to do, and that's why how coaches try to uh, help eliminate those distractions and keep you keep you focused. So obviously, you're still a football guy, coaching football and stuff. What do you think of the state of the NFL as today? Oh, it's fun. It's a, it's still a fun game to watch. I'm still watching it every week, every chance, time it comes on. I'm, you know, I can't help but watch it. I, I just love football, but um, you know, it is a little bit different. Um, looking at uh, you know some of the play, I think uh, I think the new uh, collective bargaining agreement maybe has um, has uh, lessened the, the play a little bit. I don't not to say that these guys are still the greatest athletes, and you know they're just as good athletes, and maybe you know, maybe some of them maybe even better than what we were. But uh, I think uh, especially O line, you know, you and you and I obviously watch O line more than most people. But um, you know, with the new um, rules of lessening practice and lessening contact time, which is great, it's safer for the players. Um, but I think it takes away a lot of um, a lot of some of the technique stuff. That 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 you use, especially early in the season. Um, so you see, I think you see a lot of uh, more defense early in the season as those old linemen start to, to gel a little bit, get more work in as as the season goes on that they can't do in training camp the way we used to. So I, I think that, um, like I said, it's still a, it's still a fantastic game, and, and um, I think offenses are opening up more, doing a lot of uh, creative type stuff. But uh, some, I think some of the technical stuff has gone downhill, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, talking about the offensive line, it seems like a lot of the uh, O-line, boy, I tell you what, they are really moving on every play. It's not just blocking a guy across from you anymore. There's really stunts and other stuff that these guys are doing all the time. Yeah, and, that, and you know, as the offensive guys get creative, the defensive guys do too, so – they're, like you said, they're moving across there, and you got to make sure um, make sure you know where they're going. Um, 
that reminds me back of you know when we played. You know, I think the first teams that really did, did that were some of those um, early two um, thousand Patriots teams, and you know we lost that team in the Super Bowl, the, the Super Bowl thirty six, and you know some of the stuff they did on defense was they'd never seen before, and um, I. You know, some of the offenses have now caught up, and, you know, so it goes in waves. Um, but it, there's a lot of creative stuff out there, a lot of super athletes you try to take advantage of. So, No, and don't you think today that uh, athletes are obviously uh, way better trained? They seem to stay in shape almost all year round. And even I'll even go that step further, you know, as far as youth football, high school football, so much more available training and, and things like that than, than I know when I had when I was a kid. And, and uh, it's, just, it's just crazy how these kids are working out and getting better. Yeah, no doubt. I think they, they spend more time with it. I think uh, there's, more, um, there's more knowledge for these kids as far as nutrition and exercise and, you know, working out like you talked about, a lot of spending a lot of off-season, um, you know, just get, getting bigger, faster, stronger. Um, Whereas, you know, you know, when back in the day when we were kids playing, you know, you spend your off season, uh, you know, working on the farm and getting strong that way. But right. uh, yeah, these kids, they're, they're great athletes and um, they're, they're learning how to uh, maximize those, their potential, which is, which is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Andy, I want to thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us here on KMOX is at your service tonight. And, uh, do you have any advice for uh, some young young uh, people, maybe even some young families, moms? I'll just throw moms out there too, for having their sons uh, play football. Oh, absolutely! And I know um, the last few years, there's been kind of we we've been a hard time finding players sometimes at, at these younger levels, and a lot of it was moms and all the. Um, and you can't blame them because a lot of the information that came out was the kids are getting concussions and it's not safe. And, um, um, I would just say this: it, it's safer than it's ever been. Um, the the equipment is better than it's ever been. The the techniques that we teach them are safer than it's ever been. And the the life lessons and the and the things that you can learn from football are hard to learn anywhere else in this day and age. It's really um, some important things I believe that uh, that help uh, you know boys grow into men and, and create good, uh, good communities. So I would definitely recommend uh, letting your kids play, especially if they're in a good sound uh, program with a good reputation and, and good coaching. So um, I still would uh, definitely um, advise to play, 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 let the kids play football. They'll love it. Yep, absolutely. You know, and you talked about uh, life lessons. I used to have a thing that I do with my guys called life lessons with coach Greg and, and, you know, we would talk about all sorts of different stuff. But in, in today's world, when, yeah. when, when all the kids are on their phones or they're playing games, you know, they're not, they're not physically playing a game out in the yard anymore or doing stuff like that. Hey, where else are you going to learn uh, how to uh, bond with other people? How are you going to learn how to problem solve with a team? How are you going to learn to work cohesively together? And, this, and it's just a great game. Absolutely. I, I think so. so. Absolutely, and there's no there's no better team game. I, you know, I've looked at. I don't think there's another game that that stresses that importance of teamwork more than than football because you got different positions and different guys um, doing different things, and uh, it, you can't learn teamwork any better than on the football field. You're exactly right. Well, Andy, thanks so much for joining us, man. I, I want to have you back on. We can talk some more. We can talk some uh, talk some stories in the locker room. I think oh, it'd yeah. be fantastic. 
All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll try to uh, keep it clean when we do that. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds great. There's stories that, uh, stories that can't be repeated. You know that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. You bet. Have a great one. Thank you. That's Andy McCullum. He is an offensive lineman on your Super Bowl champion, St. Louis Rams. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, great, uh, great to have him on and talk, uh, talk a little football and things like that. Uh, boy, if you, if you guys are interested and want to have your kids play football, you can certainly get in touch with me or any one of the other coaches out there, and uh, we'll, we'll get them all hooked up. This is KMOX. Is at your service? Stick around. we got more to come. Welcome back, my friends. 835 is your time right here in the heart of mid-America. Greg Damon hanging out with you tonight. KMOX is at your service. Matt Pajeski kicking out the big baseline there, uh, playing all the tunes tonight. He's, he's giving me a funny look here. Anyway, we're having some fun here on KMOX is at your service. We're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to shift gears, and we're going to talk a little automotive. Let's bring in our uh, next guest uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick, he's the Senior Vice President of North America Operations for Opus uh, ISV, and he's been kind enough to uh, join us here on the program. Kevin, thanks for uh, coming on today. Hey, Greg. Nice. Thanks for having me. So I want to talk a little about uh, electric cars. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, we're, we're getting a lot of uh, electric car commercials. Kind of seems like they're getting pushed down to the American public, uh, but... It's a lot different vehicle than these internal combustion engines. A lot of folks think that's kind of a maintenance-free vehicle, but it really is not. No, that's correct. Yeah, I mean, you know, like everything else, it's different, but 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 certainly not maintenance-free. The bottom line is, if it moves along the roads, it's going to it's going to have wear, um, and that's and that's pretty much exactly the case with these with these electric vehicles. No, you're absolutely right. You still have tires, you still have brakes, you still have battery care, uh, light bulbs, wipers, suspension, steering, tires, the whole bit. Now, and, and a lot of this stuff may be even different uh, towards a normal vehicle. Well, that's correct. Like I'm uh, the you know the average if you if you talk about a Tesla or a or a Mach-E, a car of a similar size, these cars are, are uh, on average about a thousand pounds heavier. Okay, so an example would be a uh, a Tesla three, for instance, is over four thousand pounds. A comparable sized Honda is just over three thousand pounds. So, with that much more weight moving along the road, and you know, by the way, with 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 instant acceleration, instant torque, you know, which 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 has its own issues when it comes to, to tires and suspension pieces as well. These cars these cars require maintenance like anything else. Nope, you're absolutely right, and uh, you know there's a lot of stuff, even uh, even batteries. Let's just start off with the battery because that's the that's the big one that, uh, that sure. everybody knows. You know there still is battery maintenance on that. We've got to make sure that the batteries are clean. We also have to make sure that that battery is charged up properly, and and really kind of watch the degrading of the battery and when it has to be replaced. And of course, it's hazardous waste on top of that. That's correct. And like, you know, again, like most like other cars, there's a high voltage system in the vehicle, but they also have a, a lead acid battery as well, you know, um, to, to, to run some of the other systems in the vehicle. So, yeah, you're actually dealing with, with two batteries, one which is highly serviceable, the other one not so much. Nope, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, a couple of things as far as the, 
I guess the big battery, not the twelve volt battery system, but uh, you know, you really have to watch how they're charged, how often they're charged. You don't really want to let your, you know, it's not like a deep cycle battery where you kind of want it to go all the way dead to charge it back up. And uh, some folks using fast chargers may not be the best idea for it. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously to test one of those systems is not the easiest thing in the world. The Tesla battery uh, test, degradation, de- de- degradation test actually is a is a 24-hour cycle that the vehicle has to mo- be monitored under. So, yeah, I mean, plenty plenty after now. No, you're exactly right. Uh, as far as, now let's talk about the replacement of those batteries. Supposedly those batteries are somewhere between a 10-year to 15-year window for replacement uh, of those batteries. Do you know if most of those batteries, are they cell replacement, like some of the hybrids, or are they, you got to buy the whole battery? Most of them today, you have to replace the whole battery. You know, there are there are some technicians and some people out there that will disassemble some of the batteries. Uh, r- right now, as far as I'm aware, no, none of the manufacturers are recommending that that you go that route. So to replace the whole battery, I mean, it's a complete disassembly of the vehicle. You know, in, in most cases, it's a it's about a twenty five thousand dollar ordeal. Right, almost time. It's like a throwaway car. You just want to throw it away and get something else. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far because I think I think the kind of the jury's kind of still out there, right? I mean, they're they're kind of new. In most cases, that's what's happening now. But I think I think in five years we're going to be we're going to be seeing most of those vehicles recycled, new battery put into it, and then they're going to be winding up on used car lots like like everything else. Do you think we'll start seeing some of those batteries like in the aftermarket available in the aftermarket instead of from uh, from the factory? I absolutely do. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time, like like anything else. You know, I think um, eventually we're gonna we're gonna see, you know, kits available for a hundred thousand mile plus vehicle, or 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 these vehicles being incomplete, being brought back in and being completely refurbished. You know, no, I I could cer- certainly see that happening. I mean, don't you feel that uh, as, as far as you know, hybrids or electric vehicles, you know, the biggest thing for me is it just seems like we just don't have the battery capability. Like we just can't store enough energy in that battery. Well, it's gotten better, right? I mean, like you can look at a vehicle, you know, most people and, and the way it used to be, Greg, was a car had to fit your lifestyle, right? So an electric car maybe had a range of, a, you know, 100 and change miles. That wasn't good for most most Americans, you know, especially people that live, you know, in wider areas where they have a 30-minute drive to and from work and, you know, God forbid you get stuck in traffic, right? Now now with a range of, you know, over 300 miles, you know, you, there, you, you, it, it fits most Americans' lifestyle a, lo- a little bit better. No, it does fit the most, their lifestyle better, but now you have to worry about uh, charging. If you know if you're taking on a trip, you got to be able to find charging stations for them. Uh, you've got to be able to, you know, for your house, you've got to have a, a, a high capacity charger, uh, in, you know, installed in your house to uh, to get these things up and running every day. Yeah, it takes a degree of pre planning for sure. You know, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to take off on a cross country trip. You know, not not you know being stuck in the middle of the desert. You know, again, you know, there are those that would argue that the same is true with fuel. You want to make sure, sure. There's, a, there's a fueling station along the way, you know, but, but fueling doesn't take an hour plus. You know, even even when you're, you're fast charging, there's a degree of time that you'll be sitting at a charging station. Yeah, you can sit up to a charging station up to, you know, a couple hours, and it does cost money to do that as well. That's correct. I hope you brought a book, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, moving on with some of the stuff, some of the some of the stuff is mostly like uh, normal vehicles. I mean, as we talked about, they have uh, uh, tires on them and suspension. Although the tire, let's just go back to the tires. Tires are usually a special compound, and there's only uh, so many manufacturers or so many kinds of tires that you can put on these electric vehicles. That's correct. Yeah, like they're rated like anything else. You know, if you think about a Corvette, right, you want to put in an expensive tire on a Corvette, right? You want to make sure you have a, a, a Z-rated tire on that. The same is true with these vehicles. They have very specific tires uh, required for them. You know, like I said, anybody who's ever taken a ride in a Tesla knows that the acceleration is really second to none. Right. You know, and that's coming from a that's coming from a guy who spent his entire life, you know, with hot rods and everything else. I mean, the, the acceleration is undeniable on those vehicles. Yeah, I, as I always say, it's uh, it's like Mister Freeze at Six Flags. It just immediately takes off, and you know, there's no no shifting of the transmission or anything like that. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's again, it's a it's a it's a great great vehicle in that in that respect. You know, but there are others say it lack it lack performance pretty much everywhere except you know off the line. Now, many people don't realize that there's actually cooling systems inside some of these uh, electronic vehicles or electric vehicles. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, they have they've got uh, what we call dry fluid uh, coolant. I mean, these are all areas that need to be that need to be serviced. Of course, there's a cabin air filter. They have air conditioning, like everything else. So, you know, from a from a once a year perspective, there are plenty of maintenance that needs to be done in these vehicles once they get up to be about five years old. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, as people think these are maintenance free vehicles, they are not. I mean, we they they've got to get up on a lift every year. Uh, all of the control arm suspension needs to be checked for tightness because, like I said, with the additional weight um, and acceleration and everything else, they 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 wear almost quicker um, than a normal vehicle, internal combustion vehicle, because of the weight. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Kevin, can you hang with me a little bit more? I got to do a little bit of business, but there's some other stuff I'd like to get to with you. Sure. All right, fantastic. On the phone with us, we're visiting with Kevin Fitzpatrick. He's a senior vice president of North American Operations for Opus. Uh, ISV, and we are talking about uh, electrical ve- electric vehicle maintenance uh, or EV maintenance, and I got some other stuff we want to talk about, some tools and some other stuff that like that that Opus uh, uh, Opus has for technicians and things like that, some training as well. We're going to get into that on the other side of the break. Hang on one more second. We'll be right back. This is KMOX's At Your Service. Welcome back, everyone. 848 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. That's right. This is KMOX's At Your Service. Greg Damon hanging out with you all the way till 10 o'clock tonight. And we are talking a little bit about electric cars, their maintenance and things like that. We have Kevin Fitzpatrick. He's a senior vice president for North, excuse me, senior vice president of North American Operations for uh, Opus IVS. And Kevin, uh, let's just talk a little about Opus IVS for folks playing the home game here as far as what Opus does. Sure. Okay. Basically, what we do is we provide we provide uh, tooling and software to independent repair shops, both collision and mechanical. Um, and what we're able to do with with our devices is uh, our, the, the the main backbone of our company uh, are our support and our support agents. The IVS stands for Intelligent Vehicle Support. So we have factory technicians on staff that when one any one of our thousands of customers out in the U.S is working on a vehicle um, and they have a technical issue with the vehicle, they can simply plug in our device, 
um, and then one of our one of our experts can remotely uh, look into the device. Um, if something needs to be programmed, we can we can we can program it. Like most of these modules now, they need to be they need to be programmed when they're installed in the vehicle. So we're able to do that from one of our technical support centers, one of which is is right here in, in Michigan. Yeah, we actually use the uh, Opus box as well to uh, be able to pr- remote program and things like that. Yeah, that's great. And like I said, that's I mean that's that's the main the main strength of our business. You know, we can run a complete scan using factory software, uh, basically to give the, the the technician working on the vehicle a look into every single system uh, on the car, and that includes that includes Tesla. We have Tesla technicians on staff. Oh, nice. Our guys are all our guys are all up to speed on the on the you know the Ford, the Mach E, our Volkswagen techs are up to speed on the e-trons. So again, we're just making sure that uh, the the industry has everything that they need, and, and that's access to information and uh, and factory technicians. And that's a that's a real issue for a lot of uh, a lot of independent shops is being able to have uh, access to that to that factory. Uh, I don't want to say factory training necessarily, but factory information, factory manuals, and things like that. That's correct. Yeah, nobody can be an expert on everything. I mean, again, I'm I'm actually still a shop owner to this day. Started 35 years ago. We have a I have a, a place in New York where I, I spend at least probably a half a day a, a week, you know, working working with our technicians, understanding the struggles that these guys are under. And when one of these new cars comes in, I mean, they're highly tactical. Car customer with a an infotainment system or something. I mean, it's a it, it's a lot more than than slapping brake pads on these things these days. Is that there's a tremendous amount that these guys have to know, you know, and they can't be an expert on a GM, a Ford, or you know, a Mercedes, and a BMW all at the same time. It's it's important that they have access to these team members, these 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 experts. Yeah, as I always say, these cars today they're uh, they're just a rolling computer because uh, there's just so many different computers and modules on these things. You know, you don't ask the car to roll down the or you don't roll down the window. You ask the car if it's okay to roll down the window, and it checks and says yes and rolls down the window. So it's just uh, it's just kind of crazy is all the technology that's on there. And again, with electric vehicles, the technology even kind of ramps up more where you need the specialized equipment and the specialized training for the everyday technician that you bring your car cho- car into their shop. Yeah, that's correct. Now, imagine when a vehicle is actually involved in an accident, right, small accident, right? Um, they're, they're brought to these collision shops. They're put back together. Now, you want to make sure that that vehicle is returned to the owner with all of the systems up, operating, and properly calibrated. You know, and that's and, and again, that's another service that uh, that we provide to the industry. You know, and it, it's important that when the customer gets the car back, like I said, that it performs and the safety systems are acting the same way that they did before. And we're talking about the uh, ADOS system or the Advanced Driver Assistance Systems that uh, many uh, many new vehicles have at least some of that on there. Some of them are just completely <laughs> have like all sorts of different stuff: the surround view cameras and and all sorts of different stuff. That's correct. And a customer that's been driving a vehicle for a long period of time and expects it to keep it in the same lane and everything, well, we want to make sure that that's exactly what happens, you know, when it's when it's it's delivered back to the customer post collision. No, you're you're exactly right. You're 100% correct. And that ADOS, that is uh, kind of the wave of the future, don't you feel? It is. It really is. I mean, everybody. Tesla's obviously gotten a lot of press with their with their self driving vehicles, and all of these systems are just steps on that path. You know, as we as we move closer to a to a self driving vehicle population. But I mean, we're still a little bit ways off. 
but just you know backing up and having having the the uh the, the system indicate that you're you're getting close to a to a fire hydrant or a park car. I mean these these are all things that have become quite commonplace. But I mean it would have been magic ten years ago. Right. This is we're talking about the cars that parked themselves parallel parked themselves. The uh, uh, speed you know the uh, radar looking out front for the uh, cruise control that is adaptive cruise control that it will slow down for you uh, for lane departure for uh, blind spot detection. These are all uh, ADOS systems that need to be either repaired and calibrated uh, when when you have an accident in the vehicle. Absolutely. And like I said, these cars are absolutely safer than they were than they were ten years ago. And but that is only if the equipment is is kept in, in, in good working order and, and you know, again, computers only know what we tell them, right? So we have to make sure that all the calibrations are complete as well. Yeah, absolutely. So now, training technicians. We got about a minute left here on the on the uh, segment. So, training technicians has also become highly specialized. That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's another thing that we that we do at Opus. We provide training to all of our customers. You know, we have a we have a technical support center, and on an average day, we're getting between eight hundred and a thousand queries through that support center. So, our, those are all the number of car times our technicians are called in on a repair. We kind of source some of those bigger issues, create training, and then provide that training to the industry. Now, as far as the training, is that something that you do online? Is that in-person training? How does that work? We do, we do both. We're constantly doing webinars online, but we, uh, you know, we have a number of offices, um, and we, we love we love getting in front of our customers. I mean, so for for our team, we take one of our support specialists. And all of these guys are expert trainers. Uh, put a class together for them. Uh, we, we're going to be doing one coming up in our, our location in Huntington Beach, but we, uh, we're we constantly doing webinar training online. So for folks that are interested, or maybe there's technicians out there, uh, maybe some shop owners, and they are interested, like, hey, I want to get in touch with you guys because I want to find out more information about what you can do for my technicians, what you can do for my shop. Where can they go? How can they get this information? Just go to opus, O-P-U-S, IBS.com, and uh, you, you'll find a ton of information. We're just in the process of launching a brand-new website and all. Um, again, like us on social media, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be happy to connect with you. And this isn't just electric cars. This is for internal co- combustion engine vehicles and everything else. All makes and models, like like the name says, intelligent vehicle support. So any 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 vehicle with a degree of technology. So let's say post two thousand and twelve or two thousand and thirteen, we're happy to help you. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for uh, spending some of your evening with us here on the KMOX uh, at your service. And uh, we, you know, I'd, I'd like to get some more information as well. We'll talk real soon. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate the time. Thank you all. Yes, sir. That's Kevin Fitzpatrick. He's the Senior Vice President of North American Operations for Opus IVS. And I got to tell you, folks, working on vehicles every day, it's, uh, it's, really, uh, it's really tough with all these electronics. Hey, we got to take a break. We'll see you on the other side of news. Stick around, my friends. More to come. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.